Oh, come on, that's it. Let's continue to worship him. Come on, let's take a few more moments and let's worship him all across this house. Somebody invoke the name of Jesus right now. Call it out. Hallelujah. Speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, there is freedom. In the name of Jesus, there is healing. Come on, let's do that right now. If you need healing in your body, call on the name of Jesus. If you need God to move in a situation, call on the name of Jesus. Even if you need a blessing in your life, call on the name of Jesus. If you need God to move things on an external level, go ahead and call on the name of Jesus. If you need God to change something on an internal level, call on the name of Jesus right now. Come on, let's do it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's clap our hands unto him and let's worship him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you take a moment, turn around and greet your name and give him a fist bump. Tell him, I'm glad to see you in church here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and ask him, are you glad you came to church today? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm glad you came to church today. And uh, church is just not the same when we don't all gather together. But there's just something that happens when people gather together in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel the teach in the house of the Lord here tonight and bring something to us, amen, and continuing with the vein that we've been moving in, Luke chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, thankful for what the Lord's been doing around here every single weekend, uh, we've just been having powerful moves, I, I can't just say the weekend, but every single service, God's been just doing something and adding something fresh and something new to us, and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, Brother Diaz set the bar very high, so if I bomb it on Sunday, I apologize, but uh, no, I'm kidding. But, you know, we just want to continue to, f to facilitate what we feel. Uh, we don't want to ever uh, let go of it because some people think, you know, well, it's just a season. No, you can perpetuate what you feel. All you got to do is keep doing what you're doing. Amen. When you come to the house of the Lord with a readiness of mind, readiness of heart, and we hit that prayer room, I believe that God will meet us every single service. And somebody said, Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 28. The Bible says this. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. And it came to pass that he took Peter, James, and John up to a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. 
And I want to teach to us for a few moments on this subject. As you pray. As you pray. Would you set your Bibles down? Let's pray that God would move in our hearts and that God would touch us here tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you. Amen. That we get to gather together. We get to be in this house worshiping you in spirit and in truth, God. We don't take that lightly. We don't take that for granted, God. Amen. We pray that tonight, that as this message is going forth, that it would, amen, it would grab a hold of us and that we would grab a hold of it. And that as we are praying, God, it would so alter and change things that we maybe thought never could change. God, I'm praying right now tonight that this word would help, that this word would equip, amen, somebody in the name of Jesus. Let's clap our hands and give him glory. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Amen. As you pray we have been spending the last year we've been teaching preaching and uh, continuing on in prayer because we are still talking about the 10 things that the first century church did to facilitate revival and uh, i think it's important to notate that they continued in prayer they never ceased to pray and if if anything they became more earnest about prayer. We will find even as we look at Luke chapter 9 and you look at this story that if you were to continue on in these verses, you would find that it was Peter, James, and John that even in moments like this or in the garden that they fall asleep in a time of prayer. And I, I think that there's something to that that while Jesus was there, they let him do all the praying. But the moment that Jesus ascended up into heaven, they recognized if we want to get uh, everything that Jesus has promised to us, we have got to do everything that Jesus did. Jesus told his disciples that greater works than these shall you do. I just want somebody to think about that for a moment. All of the things that Jesus did, he healed the sick, and that is a myriad of sicknesses. We don't even have a list of everything. We do know that there was a great fever on Peter's mother-in-law, and he healed it. Some people say that's why Peter denied Jesus. But uh, he, get, he went about, and people that were lepers, he touched them, and he cleansed them, and people that were blind, and people that were deaf, and people that were mute. He changed their circumstance. Lazarus had been dead for four days and began to stink, and Jesus called him forth out of that grave, and Lazarus came hopping forth. Why? Because Jesus had power here on earth. And he looked at his disciples and he said, all the things that you've been watching me do, amen, you're going to do these and greater. Amen. The book of John would say that all the works of Jesus were recorded. The entire world and every library in the world and every square foot of, of planet earth could not contain the books that would be written about what Jesus did on earth. Can I help somebody here today? That's just talking about three, amen, 33 and a half years of earthly life and three and a half years of earthly ministry. And we would not even have enough space to contain everything that Jesus did. But he looked at his disciples and he looked at his church, amen, in Carson City. And he said, greater works shall. 
Man, I want you to know that's not just somebody hyping you up. That is a promise from God that we have got in his spirit the ability to do more than he did. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. If you want that kind of power, I want you to know it's available through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We've been talking a lot about the kingdom of God. It is available for every individual in the kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus is not, uh, it, 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 there's, there's a word I'm looking for right now, I can't find it, but Jesus is not so uh, concerned about his image, if I could put it that way. He's not so self-centered that he's got to be the one that has done all these great and mighty things. He's a great leader, amen, on top of being God manifested in the flesh. And great leaders don't produce followers. Great leaders produce great leaders. And, and if, if somebody can take it further than you took it, you didn't just do your job, you did your job great. And Jesus knew, I'm going to take 12 guys and I'm going to put them not on I'm not going to put them under my feet so I can act like I'm a great leader no he said because I am a great leader I'm going to put them on my shoulders and he said you're going to take this thing further this is Elijah and Elisha and Elisha doing twice as many miracles as Elijah amen it's a leader taking people and putting them up on his shoulders and saying you can go further and when Jesus died for his church and rose again for his church and filled his church with his spirit he let his church know I am giving you every bit of ability I'm giving you every bit of power I'm giving you every bit of authority to do greater to go further Amen. Let me help you here today. Don't, you, don't let the world give you excuses as to why you can't and why you shouldn't. Amen. And why you can't seem to move forward. Jesus has given you power to do everything and more. Amen. We've got to hold on to that promise from Jesus. But in order to fully see that come to pass, we've got to continue doing what Jesus did. We've got to allow him to transform us. Amen. This is why the Bible says we are being conformed to the image of his dear son. And uh, it is a process. Nobody shows up and immediately just, here I am, I'm a perfect Christian. Nobody shows up and says, man, I've just got it all together. If you do, please come talk to me after service. I'd like to take some notes. But, uh, but what happens is we take a hold of everything that we see Jesus doing. And we grab it and we start to assimilate it into our daily lives. And this is what the disciples realized they had to do when they got, amen, to that upper room. They began to pray because they saw Jesus pray. And, and as they went about doing ministry, they knew that we can only put out as much as is being put in. And so they went to the temple and they prayed. Amen. We've talked about uh, prerequisites of prayer that before you get into prayer, the attitude that you got to have. It's humility. It starts where you recognize that I cannot do what I am about to pray about, so I'm going to pray about it because I know that there's a God that can do it. And when we have that humble mind and humble heart, we can come before God and we can ask him to move in our lives. Amen. There's something about uh, going before prayer and understanding that when people went to pray, just like in this story here today, that they went up to a mountain to pray. We see that in Exodus chapter 24 that Moses went up the mountain to talk with God. In other words, what we learn about prayer is that prayer is an elevated position. There's some people that don't think much about prayer so they don't pray. 
They don't think that much is happening than just blurting out a few words. I want you to know that when you and I pray, it is an elevated position. We are actually taking ourselves from this plane of existence, amen, from right here on planet earth. And we, though we don't leave in body, amen, our prayers begin to ascend up to heaven and we are touching the throne of God. Amen. That's happening as you pray. As you pray, you are elevating your mind. As you pray, you are elevating your heart. As you pray, you are elevating, lifting up your eyes. Amen. There's something transpiring. We talked about patterns of prayer, how to pray, and, and, and what, what different ways. And we'll talk about more of those in the future. But tonight I want to talk about what is transpiring during prayer. Amen. If you have your Bible, Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and 11 says it this way. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. As we pray, we are entering. We are elevating, if you will. Uh, that's why the Bible says, who shall ascend to the holy hill of the Lord? Anytime you talk about God, you are going up. Anytime you talk to God, you are going up. And what happens as you pray? You are stepping in to the presence of God. And when you enter the presence of God, you are, you are accessing everything that the presence of God has to offer Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Let's bring it home for some folks here today. Be careful or anxious or stressed out for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And we like to stop there, but the verse continues that when you pray, what happens? And the God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. As you and I begin to pray, we step and we elevate our way up that mountain, up that hill. We go up into the house of the Lord and into the presence of the Lord in our prayer life. And every anxiety and every fear and everything that we have here on earth, we can leave it at the bottom of that mountain. Because when we step into his presence, as we step up into his presence, there is fullness of joy and the presence of God shows up and the peace of God amen that passes all understanding is able to keep your heart it's able to keep your mind it's able when you step into prayer and you step up into the presence of God he's able to start changing Amen. Can I just preach it for a moment? There's transformation as you pray. It transforms your mind. It transforms your heart. Well, I was stressed out, but I prayed. I was anxious, but I prayed. I didn't know what to do, but I prayed. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him. 
Amen. When you pray, when you step up into the house of the Lord and you step up, amen, into the prayer, amen, into your prayer closet, amen, it's an elevated position in your spirit. And as you pray, you step in, amen, out of this fleshly realm, out of the carnal mind, and you step into the presence of God. And when you step into the presence of God, I want you to know everything that the presence of God can do is available to you. Can I preach it from a New Testament standpoint? Amen. The Bible says that Jesus was there and the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal. I want you to know that when you get into the presence of God, healing is not just, amen, a, an opportunity that you can grab a hold of. It is a reality in the presence of the Lord. As you pray, right here on earth, before you pray, there's things that are impossible. There are things that you cannot do. There are things that cannot happen. But as you pray, everything that's impossible becomes possible. As you pray, heaven touches earth. And anything that you did not have the ability for, you now... You can pray about it. You can access it. You can grab a hold of it. And God can transform it. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Jesus would tell his disciples this. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Some people want to walk in righteousness and live right. And walk in, 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 in what they know they should walk in. But they don't pray. And they wonder why they fall into every snare and every trap. I want to help you here tonight. That as you pray, Jesus is giving us a remedy. As you pray, there's something that happens. You all of a sudden can avoid that temptation. When you step out of the flesh, out of the carnal mind, and you start to pray, what are you doing? You're making a decision that I'm not going to lead myself. I'm not going to allow myself to think I've got all the answers. As you pray, you're stepping over to the spiritual realm, and you're saying, Lord, will you you lead me. That's why Jesus said, pray after this manner. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. As you pray, you get power to overcome fleshly temptations. Jesus defeated the devil after 40 days of prayer and fasting and quoting of the word of God. If Jesus can get that old serpent, the devil, to run away, I want you to know that when you and I begin to pray, it may not seem like much is happening, but you don't know there's a trap down the road that God's going to give you the power to avoid it. He's going to give you the foresight to it. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Is there anybody that wants to be free? Is there anybody that wants to live free? I want you to know as you pray, freedom is a reality. pray for just a moment. Come on, there's some folks that are wondering, what do I do? Amen. I, I want to get out of these temptations. I keep falling into the same old trap day in and day out. I want to encourage you here today. As you pray, God's going to help you enter not into temptation. Amen.
My Bible says that God will, with every temptation, make a way of escape. But the way of escape is only, amen, accessible to people that begin to pray because they understand, amen, Jesus. And I, I don't have time for this tonight, but Jesus said, I am the door. This is why Jesus had the ability after his resurrection to walk right through walls because he didn't need a door. He was the door. And when you get into a temptation and you don't know what to do, you hit your knees and pray, and it might be that you're close in and you're locked up and you don't know what to do but I promise you this as you pray not only will God open doors but God will be the door and he will show you the way he will help you amen he will help our infirmities he will help what we can't do and as you pray you might feel like you're like all the things and temptations amen and your fleshly weaknesses are closing in on you and there seems to be no way of, of escape but God will step in as you pray and he will make in that temptation a way out he will not just open the door he will say come through me oh somebody give him praise Somebody give him praise. That's happening as you pray. You may not realize it, but as you pray, God's giving you wisdom. As you pray, God's giving you direction. Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. The Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when or as you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Skipping over to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. Jesus would put it this way. When you have gone into prayer and as you pray, you believe you receive. What are you believing that you receive? What you prayed for. Because we know something about our Heavenly Father. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask? There's too many people that they pray and they expect something different. They pray and they expect God not to answer. That's not faith. That's pessimism. You didn't get up and pray so that you could let your pessimistic, humanistic ways come in and, and start to tear down the very act of prayer. When you pray, you got to believe that you receive it not 20 years from now, but in that moment. you don't. It's not one of those blab it, glab it, but you know what you're saying. You're, you're praying about it, and you're saying, I know my Father in heaven is a good Father, and he loves me, and he knows how to give me exactly what I've been praying for, and he knows how to give me good things. So when I pray about it, I'm not going to downplay it. I'm not going to get pessimistic about it. When I pray about it, in that moment, I'm going to believe that I receive it. And he said that when you do it that way, you shall have. Oh, I hope somebody would get that right now. As you pray, God is answering. As you pray, God is listening. As you pray, he's answering according to your faith, according to your prayer. So pray it, honey. Believe on it. Trust God. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Come on right now. We're going to believe God. There's some things you've been praying about for years, but you've been saying, well, maybe never going to happen. No, when you pray and as you pray, believe him. As you pray, trust him. As you pray, believe that you receive uh, what you've been praying for. Uh, I'm not looking for the discount model. No, I'm believing as I prayed it. Oh, somebody love him right now. This is a revelation. As you pray, he's listening. He's hearing from heaven. And whatsoever you desire, 
when you pray, you shall receive them. Amen. If you believe that you will receive them, you will. Uh, there, there's, there's too many people that will settle for less than what they prayed for. Don't settle for less than what you prayed for. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody. Don't settle for Dr. Thunder when there's Dr. Pepper. Don't settle for the knockoff brand when you know there's something better for you. Let me preach to some young people. Don't settle for the less than what God has promised to you. The best spouse. Hallelujah. Don't settle. And just because you're lonely, just because you don't know, don't settle in that moment. If you know God's got a plan for your life, don't settle for barely getting by and barely making. When you pray and as you pray, believe you receive it. I'll never forget the moment I was praying. I was working at, I was working at the bank. And, uh, and, and I just remember I had, I had a moment while I was praying. And I, I, I just always prayed it this way. God, you know, one day, one day when I'm a man of God, one day when I'm a preacher, one day when I'm an evangelist, one day when I'm a pastor, one day, one day, one day, one day. And I remember God convicted me right here. He said, as you pray, amen, believe that you receive it. He started changing the way I was thinking about it. Stop praying about one day that when you'll be. He said, start praying from the standpoint that you are. You know what? It changes a whole lot when you start. You start. Let me just help. Amen. It changes a whole lot when you maybe are single and you stop praying that one day when you are a husband, you start praying. Amen. Amen. As a husband. And you say, God, I've gotten things in order. I've gotten things settled. And Lord, I'm going to start praying. I believe it in this moment. Amen. When you know God's got a ministry for your life, you don't pray one day when I get there. You pray, God, because I am a man of God, because I am. An, I may not have a church, but I'm a pastor. I may not have any revivals, but I'm an evangelist. I may not have doors opening, but I know I am this. And I started praying. I believe I receive them. Can I preach to somebody? Don't settle for less than what you've been praying for. Don't settle for less. As you pray, you shall receive them. Oh, somebody clap your hands and make Magnify him. Come on, right now, somebody needs to pray. Go back to your original prayer and say, God, I'm not settling for less. I've been praying for this, and I'm holding on to it. Oh, come on, that's it. It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes faith. Oh, come on, let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Don't settle for knockoff prayer prayer answering. You just say, God, you're big enough, you're bad enough, amen, to answer my prayer as I prayed it. God, I prayed specifically, and I know that I believe it, and I shall receive it as I pray for it. As you pray, you can believe for it. Amen. I, I, I'd rather stay single for 28 years of my life than settle for less. And I'm not here to talk about marriage. But some people, they question that. And I said, no, I'd rather just wait for the right thing. And I'd rather pray for the right thing because I'm not going to discount my prayer that I've been praying since I was 13 years old. Amen. This is, this is just how it's got to be. Church, I didn't come to pastor in Carson City to settle for less than what I prayed about. I prayed and said, God, I'm going to believe it. I receive it as I prayed it. Hallelujah. Amen. Job chapter 42 and verse 10. The Bible says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when or as he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before as he prayed. 
Revelation chapter 8 and verse 4. You can look up some of these verses later. And the smoke of incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. I know this is revelations and it's talking about things to come. Amen. But I want you to give somebody a revelation of what is happening as we pray. As we pray, I want you to know that things are changing externally. And things are beginning to move around. And God is making ways where there were no ways before. And as Job prayed, amen, he had been scraping boils off of his body and nothing changed. He had been complaining and nothing changed. He had been listening to people accuse him left and right and nothing changed. But the entire book of Job turns around in one moment as Job prayed. As Job prayed for his friends, the Lord turned the captivity of Job. As Job prayed, the Lord said, I'm going to give you double for all of your trouble. When did that happen? It didn't happen before he prayed. And it wasn't happening 20 years after he prayed. There was something shifting that Job maybe didn't see in the moment he hit his knees. He didn't see it in that moment. But as he prayed, that incense went up with the prayers of the saints into the nose of God and he began to answer it as he prayed. Somebody give him praise right now. Come on, right now. We're almost done here tonight, but I've come to help somebody. You may not see things happening. You might not feel like anything's changing, but as you pray, that prayer's going up before God, and God's saying, I'm going to start to shake things up. I'm going to allow there to be voices. I'm going to speak to people because you've been praying for me to do it. I'm going to allow there to be thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes because you've been praying about it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands right now. There's some folks right now who don't know what's going on. I want you to know as you pray, God will begin to turn the captivity that you've been going through. As you pray, uh, amen, there's things that are transforming on an external basis. Uh, people that accuse you are the, all of a sudden going to come around and recognize the errors of their ways. As you pray, uh, amen, God's going to say everything you lost. I'm going to give it back and more as Job prayed. As you pray. I believe that things around us begin to change. Well, I'm not seeing it happen right now. If you're, if you're in need of a blessing, and you know you've been faithful to God, because again, you can't pray about something if you haven't been obedient to God and expect it to happen. Because God will not supersede His Word. He puts His Word even above His name. You've got to be obedient to what God has said. But if you're in a position where you know I've been faithful to the Lord. I've been doing what I know is right. And you need God to turn things around. You can hit your knees and you can pray. And God will open up a job you didn't even know was available. Let me preach from experience. I know some people think it's a cliche, but I know what it is to know, not know where to pay, how to pay the bills. Amen. Be out on the evangelistic field, not know how I'm going to get from one place to the next. Amen. And I begin to pray, and somebody messaged me and said, hey, you got a check in the mail. I, I'm not just preaching that cliche. I've lived it. You know what happened? As I prayed, amen, there's things that started to transpire on an external level. God started turning the captivity. 
Amen. Let me preach. I know what it is to drive down the road and look at my wife and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to pay these bills. And I said, you know what we're going to do? We've been faithful to the Lord. Amen. Even while evangelizing, we're going to begin to pray. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. We're going to pray that God turns us around. And it did not happen 20 years later. By the time we got to where we were going, God had turned it around already. What was happening? As we pray, God was turning hearts. As we prayed, God was moving things around. As we prayed, God was moving this person into position. As we prayed, God was... Oh, somebody clap your hands and say, give him praise right now. Come on, as you pray, you don't see what's happening, but God in heaven is moving pieces around. God's moving people around. God's moving situations around. As you pray, he's changing things. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on, that's it right now. Somebody pray. Don't ever lose the faith that as you pray, He's really changing things. As you pray, he's really turning things. As you pray, he's really coming through. As you pray, you, you can trust him. He's a, he's a faithful God. Oh, come on, let's magnify him. There's some folks right now, they're in that position, and they're saying, Pastor, I don't know how. I don't know how. As you pray, 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 God will give you wisdom. As you pray, God will turn things around. As you pray, God will put you in position. As you pray, God will open doors. As you pray, God will make a way of escape. As you pray. Let's stand across the building and lift up our hands. Well, I'm just saying a couple words. I don't see anything happening. That's all right. As you pray, things are changing. Well, I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's all right. You don't need to know what's going to happen. You just got to pray about what's happening. And you, as you pray, things begin to change. As you pray, as you pray, as you pray. We don't have time to go into all the rest of the verses I wanted to get in here tonight. But I'm going to end with the final thing. As we pray. I do believe God changes things on an external basis. But you know the number one thing that changes as we pray? The guy that looks in the mirror every day or the lady that looks in the mirror every day. As you pray. As Jesus prayed, he was transfigured before them. As Jesus prayed, his clothes begin to shine. You go to the Old Testament, you find that there was a man by the name of Moses that went before the presence of the Lord. And as he got in the presence of the Lord, he began to see the glory of God pass by him. And when he came down, as he's talking with the Lord and seeing all these great things, he comes down the mountain. And the Bible says his face did shine with the glory of God. He was in a moment with God as he prayed. Things begin to change in him. As he prayed... He got down and they said, man, something's changed about you. We don't know exactly what it is. We just know you got to cover it up. And I love the way I read the verse. And until Moses had done speaking with the people, they covered his face with a veil. There's some people can't handle the person that you become as you pray. 
they can't handle that you actually start getting convictions. They can't handle the fact that you say, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. And they get a little they get a little convicted themselves, and they say, you know, I'd rather you just tone it down and cover it up. No, 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 as you pray. And the Bible says, but when Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he didn't cover it up. He took the veil off, and when he came back down the mountain, his face shone again. What was happening as he prayed, transformation was happening to him. As Jesus prayed, his garments became white and shining. He just began to change in front of them. As he prayed in that garden, the Bible says it, as it were, great drops of blood fell from his head as he accepted the will of God. As he prayed on the mountain transfiguration, there was an external change of him. People could notice it. But as he prayed in that garden, there was an internal change. As you pray, God can change you externally. As you pray, God can change you internally. I looked at a study, and uh, they did some research. And according to a lady by the name of Dr. Caroline Leaf, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily prayer, daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can actually be measured on a brain scan. Go look it up yourself, NPR. Uh, this type of prayer increases activity in the brain in areas associated with social interaction, compassion, sensitivity to others. It also helps increase the frontal lobe activity as focus and intentional prayer increases. What is that frontal lobe? It's the same thing that makes decisions. The steps of a good man are physically he's changing your brain when you pray. That's science, folks. But you look at the Bible, and you see Moses begin to pray, and God is transforming Moses in that moment. You see Jesus pray, and he's transforming him in that moment. You see the church in Acts chapter 4, as Brother Christian read, begin to pray. Not only are the external things begin to shake around them, but they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and people that maybe were timid before, there's something that changes in their brain. Don't ever accept how you are. I'm not saying beat yourself up and say, well, I'm no good. That's, op that's, that's reverse pride. But don't just say, this is just how I am. As you pray, he can change the things that you know need to change. As you pray, God can say, you know what? This might have been your personality before, but we're going to start to work on that. Because I'm going to make you what I want you to be. Amen. Some people may not know this, but by the time I came to church, I was introverted. I didn't talk to people. Some people, that might shock you. Amen. But I remember being scared. I wouldn't look people in the eyes, Brother Johnson. I would, I would look down. And I remember that every time I went to the altar, amen, God would work on me. And as I joined in different ministries, I joined the usher department. Uh, amen. Thank God for some good ushers that told me, you look people in the eyes. You shake their hand. Something that started changing. I said, God, I'm not comfortable with this. And every every place I got put into, I got up and I started leading worship. And I don't like singing. And, and it made me nervous. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to get up there. But I remember hitting that prayer room before and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to speak to those people. I don't know how I'm going to preach that message. I don't know how I'm going to sing that song. I don't know how I'm going to talk to that individual about the Lord. I don't know how I'm going to go to school and tell my, tell my, my classmates about Jesus. But every day on my way to school, I was timid. I was shy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was the quiet kid in class. Blew somebody's mind right there. But I remember on my way to school, I pray. I say, God, would you give me boldness? And as I prayed, 
As I prayed, he changed me into the man that he wanted me to be. As you pray, he'll change you into the man or the woman or the ministry that he wants you to be. Somebody lift up your hands right now. There's more happening in that moment as you pray than you give credit to. There's more that's transpiring. He's not just turning around circumstances. He's not just changing people's minds about you. He's changing your mind. He's changing your heart. He's changing you. Oh, somebody pray right now. Come on, as you pray tonight. You, you know there's areas of your life. Man, God, I've been in temptation. As you pray, he'll make a way of escape. Well, God, I don't know what to do right now. As you pray, God will open doors of opportunity. God, I, I, I don't know what's going on in my mind. As you pray, anxiety's got to go away. And as you pray, he'll bring peace that passes all understanding. As you pray, he'll change you externally. He'll change you internally. Somebody pray right now. What open up this altar? Tonight, would you come? When you hit that prayer room, you may not think like a whole lot is happening, but I promise you, as you pray, you're being transformed. As Jesus prayed, he was transformed. As Moses prayed, he was transformed. As the church prayed, they were transformed. There is transformation. Somebody pray. Well, God, I can't do this. God, I'm too scared to do that. As you pray, God will give you the courage. As you pray, God will give you the boldness. As you pray, God will make you the man or the woman you need to be. As you pray, God will help you overcome addictions. As you pray, God will change some things. Come on, that's it right now. God, I don't know how I'm going to get over this. I, I, I'm addicted to it. Go ahead and pray. And as you pray, God will change your mind. Come on, that's happening to somebody right now. As you pray, there's more happening right now.